You're listening to a message from Victory. Join us as we dive into the book of Romans to understand more about the power of the gospel in our series, The Gospel Explained. As mentioned, uh, this is the fourth week of our series entitled The Gospel Explained. We've been looking at Paul's letter to the church in Rome, composed of Jews and Gentiles. And uh, this is considered his magnum opus, his outstanding achievement for uh, you know, contributing the Word of God that's been a blessing to many people and to many generations, including ours today. Nung inupisan natin ito, week one, we talked about the power of the gospel and we've learned how the gospel is really good news for all people, for all time. And then we follow that by looking at God's severity, God being extreme. And of course, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed as much as our sin and its consequences and how extreme it was. But at the same time, the reason why it's good news is because the grace, the mercy of God is revealed. That in spite of our worst sins, all of our sins combined, God's grace, God's mercy came so that we could be saved. Of course, this is revealed in Jesus Christ, full of grace and full of truth. And then last week, Bishop Jure shared a powerful message to us, reminding us that, uh, you know, the gospel reveals to us God who is rich in kindness, God's forbearance and patience not wanting anyone to perish, and that leads us to repentance and salvation as we put our trust and faith in Him. So for this week, we're going to look at covenant, a God who is relating with man in terms of a covenant, a covenant making a covenant, keeping God. Of course, when we talk about the covenant, it's quite challenging because we don't normally use the term nowadays na hindi masyadong familiar yung mga tao when we think of the word covenant. But uh, in a simple way, it's actually the terms between two parties. And uh, of course, it also involves some form of promises and commitments. And then it involves relationship and partnership. So as we talk about how God relates with man, our covenant-making God, covenant-keeping God, and how God um, is inviting us to believe His promises at the same time to respond with certain commitments that uh, God is uh, calling us to a relationship with Him and at the same time a partnership with Him. It's also good to note that the covenant actually literally is taken from a word that means a cutting or a pact. So it's more than just uh, having an agreement. It's more than just having terms. It's, it's more than just having a promises and a commitment. It's more than just a relationship and a partnership. And that is the reason why when you find covenants being made and being established like uh, in the person of Noah, of course there's a sign of the rainbow, but at the same time there's a cutting of an animal. Uh, there's, a, there's a sacrifice being made. And of course in, even in the life of Abraham when God gave promises that out of him a nation will be born and from, from this nation all peoples on earth shall be blessed. Again, there's, there's, a, there's an animal sacrifice involved, a reminder of the covenant. 
And uh, of course, the same thing with, with uh, Israel during the time of Moses. Of course, in the Passover, God saved them and God gave them the law, establishing them as a nation. And with all those animal sacrifices and temple worship, we have all this picture of how God is relating with man in the context of covenant. And even God's promise to King David that out of his lineage, the Messiah would come. A savior who would rule and reign and his uh, kingdom shall know no end all of this gives us a picture of the covenant and uh, of course when you think of covenant it's good for us to be reminded that there's more to just having a relationship with God it's not just about just having a relational connection with God we often hear that nowadays you know when when uh, somebody is sharing the gospel and the good news, oftentimes it's just connected with just having a relationship with God. But we need to be reminded that we are created and destined to be in partnership with God. We're not just created for Him and with Him to have a relationship with Him, but we are also created and destined to be in partnership with God. We see that in, in the person of the first man, Adam and Eve and and God gave him the authority to rule and reign over his creation on his behalf. We are to be his image bearers, to represent him uh, to the world and uh, to, to bear his image and likeness in such a way that his glory that is very much manifested in the Garden of Eden where everything is all good is something that they are also to extend to the rest of his creation. Of course, we know that every now and then Actually, uh, every time, man throughout human history, man throughout church history has uh, missed out on this covenant, missed out on this relationship, missed out on this partnership. And we're not just missing it out, actually. Sometimes we just reject the relationship with God. We reject the partnership that God is giving us. And uh, we are um, cutting ourselves from, from that. We are cutting ourselves from, from who God created us to be and, and how God wanted the world to be. In fact, the, the covenant is such a serious thing because it means a cutting. And uh, in the Old Testament times, when a covenant, what they usually do is they, they cut an animal into pieces and then the two parties who are entering into a covenant will pass in between as a reminder that um, that this agreement this relationship this partnership is so important it's like saying that may i be cut in two before i break my term and my part of the covenant of course, when Paul was talking about this in Romans chapter 2, he was kind of reminding the, the people who are having this argument about knowing the covenant but actually missing it out. In verse 17 and 18, he says, But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God. So he was talking to this, these people who are claiming to be Jews, claiming to be people of God, claiming to have known the law, and they were boasting in God. 
And if you know His will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law. So as he, he was presenting this case of how people many times claim to know God, claim to be in a relationship, claim to be in partnership with Him, but actually it's missing it out. In fact, itong mga Jews na to, they have this, this circumcision and we've read it several times. We have the law, they have the law and, and they're proud of it and they are privileged and honored to have that. You know, a circumcision, a cutting, which is a reminder that they are the covenant people of God. And they have the law, which is pretty much displayed everywhere they go and they memorize it and they talk about it. And yet, somehow, in spite of that, Israel as a nation, the Jews as a people, somehow missed it, just like everyone in history. And uh, this is just the gospel. Paul explained to us in the gospel, reminding us that there's something more important than just having the signs of the covenant. Having the law is great. Having circumcision is great. And uh, all these other signs of the covenant. But it's good for us to be reminded that these are just signs. Signs point us to something you know just like in marriage imagine I have this uh, this wedding ring which is one of the signs that I'm in a relationship with my wife that I'm in partnership with my wife of course uh, in uh, in the wedding ceremony there's uh, a lot of symbols associated with it you have the unity candle you have the the veil you have the cord of course the terms the exchanging of the vows and we also have this ring, a sign of the covenant, just like circumcision, just like all the other signs of the covenant uh, that God has given man. And I try to imagine, uh, you know, a person who is married, proud about the sign, but missing out the point of what the sign is really all about. Um, and I was playing basketball with, with some of my single friends. Uh, I would joke about them how when I'm playing basketball and I would shoot and I would miss miss the the ring. Sinasabi ko sa kanila na ay pasensya na kayo kasi na iba na yung shoot ko kasi babigat na yung kamay ko kasi meron ng ring and and I'm just saying that to tease uh, my single friends. But I'm sure if if you will take that illustration and look for a person who is proud of the wedding ring, proud that he's married. But at the same time, you have uh, a conversation with his spouse or with her husband. And yet, somehow, you know that the person that they were married to is, is not really happy about the relationship. That that person is not really enjoying the relationship and the partnership. You would automatically think that something is terribly wrong in the scenario. And the same thing that, that Paul was trying to address this in the lives of the believers, in the lives of the Jewish people, reminding them that there is something more important than the signs of the covenant. In fact, we need to be reminded that we need to have the heart and the spirit of the covenant. It's not just the signs, not just the external thing, but the heart and the spirit of the covenant matters. That's why he was saying in verse 19 that if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? 
You say that one must not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. So dito si Paul was just trying to correct the mindset of people who just are contented with the signs. In this case, the Jewish people who think they just have circumcision, they have the law, they're the covenant people of God, and that's it. And they're already good. You know, Paul was reminding them, especially now that he understood the gospel, now that he have come to know this Jesus, this good God who is a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. You know, we... He, he was trying to remind them that there's a reason why the law was given. There's a reason why they have, they have a, a covenant relationship and partnership with God. And that is for them to become a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, to teach those who are ignorant and foolish, and to, uh, you know, to teach children if they have the knowledge and the truth through the law, and the purpose of that is that they could share it with others. But what's happening is that they're missing out on that purpose, they're missing out on that, their destiny, they're enjoying the relationship with God, but not really the partnership with Him. They are contented with God doing His part of the covenant, but they are missing out their part, their responsibility. And as a result of that is that God is being dishonored. The law is actually being broken. And the name of God is being blasphemed because of that. The very people that's supposed to point people to God, the very people that's supposed to help others know God, are the reasons why people don't want to know Him. And other people don't want to worship this kind of a God. In other words, there's an accountability on our part to really practice what we preach. That what we say and what we proclaim is evident in how we live. Of course, more than just the outward behavior, you know, the heart and the spirit of those entering the covenant is more important than the signs of the covenant. Hindi lang siya puro panlabas, hindi lang siya puro external, hindi lang siya ritual, hindi lang siya religious actions and religious behaviors. But the heart and the spirit of the covenant is important. Of course, alam natin that God's heart and God's spirit is always for us. He is a faithful God. He's a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. But at this part of the letter of Paul to Rome, he was trying to remind us of why the gospel is good news. And of course, syempre, the bad news of that is that we often miss it. But if Paul is again reminding us that being a true Jew, a true covenant people of God, uh, in verse 28 says this, For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But in verse 29, But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. So in other words, Paul is reminding the people in Rome, and I believe the Word of God is reminding us today, that more than just looking at the outward behavior, more than just looking at our religious actions, kamusta ba yung heart natin? Kamusta ba yung spirit natin? You know, in the past weeks, we looked at how 
Sometimes we can be foolish. We, have, we can have a foolish heart and, and miss out on God and, and even claim uh, something that is of God to be something else like our work or just because of what we've done. And sometimes saying that what we have done, the wrong things and the consequences of it, we blame it on God. You know, uh, it just shows us how our heart is very much in the wrong places. And sometimes our spirit, of course, is not steadfast. We, we sometimes are on fire for God. Sometimes we are lukewarm. Sometimes we are cold, indifferent. Kaya pala si, si King David, uh, you know, someone who is called a man after God's own heart, even after committed a major sin and was confronted by it, your response is, Create in me a pure heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. You know, in spite of what happened, King David at least gave us an example of how he too needed a savior, even though he's being used of God mightily. And that he too is yearning for a time when God will give us a brand new heart, that our heart of stone will, will turn into a heart of flesh, and that our spirits that will always uh, falter and weak and and give up in pursuing God will be replaced with a spirit that is steadfast. And in a sense, because of that brokenness, of having a broken heart and a broken spirit and a contrite spirit before God, somehow I believe God has been pleased with him. And I think that's where God finds pleasure when we have faith in him, when we trust him, when we fully deep depend on Him. And that's just like having a circumcision of the heart. When we repent of our sins and turn to Him, when we surrender our, our whole being, spirit, soul, and body, the desires and the longings of our heart to become solely His, God is pleased and is quickly ready to restore us and to bring us back in that relationship and partnership. And that's why the Gospel is such a good news. Because Jesus Christ came so that our partnership, our relationship and our partnership with God can be restored. You know, every time God wanted to establish a covenant with man, whether it's through Noah or through the nation of Israel and even through Moses or whether through King David, you know, um, um, all of or through Abraham, and of course, there's this uh, part that man keeps failing. After Noah, God uh, gave a reset button, even gave a sign of the covenant, a rainbow, that the world would not be judged by this way anymore. And yet, after Noah, generation after generations, man continued to be wicked. So God chose a man, Abraham, who found favor with God, and, and God uh, blessed him with many promises. And out of him, he would start a family, and then out of that family, new generation would live in partnership and, and in relationship with God. But the nation of Israel, even with all the blessing, even with all the miracles that God performed through Moses, even with the giving of the law, still end up cutting themselves away from God, rejecting God's relationship and the partnership that, that God wanted for them. Even with the kings, follow even after King David generation after generation man fails on his part of the covenant that's why God gave prophecies 
God sent messengers and gave this very wonderful message, good news then, that is actually more of a good news for us today because this Savior, this Messiah already came. You know, he is like this Noah who by his faith and obedience built an ark of the covenant and now through him, through Christ, we could enter into that uh, saving grace and be spared from the judgment and that God will uh, you know, establish new heavens and a new earth. You know, Jesus became that true Israelite whose faithful obedience made him a perfect example of at the same time uh, his life a perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. He is, after all, the Passover lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world so that through him we can be forgiven. So that through him we don't have to offer animal sacrifices anymore. We don't need to cut animal sacrifices a substitute for our cutting because Christ himself went through the cross he was bruised he was wounded in, in a sense he was cut on our behalf so that the terms and the blessings and the promises are made valid and of course you know Christ is that promised king who would rule and reign and uh, forever in his kingdom shall know no end and when Christ came it was very clear that when he established the kingdom of God it wasn't a political kingdom it wasn't an earthly kingdom but we first started it in our hearts because our problem is not just external our problem is internal our problem is not just in the physical our problem is really in the spiritual so Christ came so that our partnership our relationship and our partnership with God can be restored. And that's why the gospel is such good news. Because in the gospel, the covenant-making and the covenant-keeping God is revealed through Christ. God, who has always been faithful, and even though man is unfaithful to the covenant, although man did not deserve to be uh, recipients of this blessing, of this relationship, and of this partnership. Christ, the perfect Son of God and the perfect Son of Man, stood in the gap so that relationship and that partnership can take place. And now through Him, the last Adam, a new generation of people with a brand new heart and people with the right spirit can continue living for God, living with God, and through Him can extend His work, His will, which is always good, pleasing, and perfect, until everything will be made new. And God's glory will fill the earth as the water covers the sea. You know, that's why today we don't see animal sacrifices being done the cutting has taken place 2,000 plus years ago. And that is when Christ was born in the flesh, lived the perfect life he cannot live, was bruised, was wounded, was killed, buried, and rose again from the dead, proving that he is truly who he said he is. King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who is mighty to save, the one who is able to heal, forgive, deliver, rescue, save us, 
and make us new. That is the gospel explained. Of course, there's so much more that we can know in the coming weeks. But I hope today we are grateful for who He is and for what He has done. And while we don't have animal sacrifices anymore, to be reminded of that covenant, what we do have today is communion, which is again but the sign, but a reminder to us of the heart and the spirit of the covenant, that we have a God who is so loving and so merciful and so gracious, and in spite of our sins, in spite of our unfaithfulness, He was willing to be broken. He was willing to be bruised. He was willing to shed His blood so that we could be saved. And now through Him, we can be restored back into our relationship and our partnership with God. And more than that, He has sent the Holy Spirit to live inside each and every one of us. Our heart of stone has been replaced with a heart of flesh and His Spirit that is now the one writing His law, not on tablets made of stone, but on our hearts. And He's empowering us so that we could live our lives for Him. By His grace, as we put our trust and faith in Him.